You look like a chihuahua barking at a great day now. And if you know who David Koresh is, don't forget to take your ibuprofen today. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to the Attitude Era Wrestling Review Podcast, where it's that time. It's that time I've been waiting for for a year, almost two years. That's right, folks. It is Survivor Series 1997. I've had this circled in the calendar since the day we started. I've been looking forward to this for so long, and maybe we'll we'll see why. I don't know. Maybe you know, maybe you don't. Who knows? Uh, who am I kidding? We all know what happens here. Of course, it is the Montreal Screwdrop because we are Montreal, Quebec, Canada. Canada? That's way too many D's and A's. It's like trying to spell banana. I don't know when to stop. Oh, I'm slap happy, folks. I've been awake for... I can't do the math. 12, 18 hours. It's been fun. I'm on caffeine and alcohol right now to stay awake. This is going to be a great evening. Arnold is on assignment, but he should be back. Traffic's a little thick from the airport, so he'll be back in just a few minutes, but he's running a little behind. But, of course, I am your three, three-time three armchair booker of the year, Drew, and tonight we have a very special guest. We have Tim from the FSF Popcast. I have to slow down to say that. I can't. It doesn't roll <laughs> off my tongue like it always does yours. I think that takes some training, at least for me. Uh, it took practice because it's it's a tongue twister at first. It originally stood for funny science fiction, and I had a secondary podcast that we were running at the same time, and it was basically the same show on two different networks. And I was just like, you know what? We're gonna slap these two together and. So there we go. Ooh, I should do that. Well, we should talk about Star Wars wrestling. I don't think that works too well. Eh, probably not. It, it, I mean, it could. I mean, a sidewalk slam with the force would be very painful. That would be hilarious. We started a new segment on the other show where we cast, we take famous movies and replace the cast with Star Wars characters. Nice. Yeah, that was that was fun doing. We did um, Pulp Fiction with Star Wars characters. I mean, interesting. Jules was very easy. Well, that one kind of lends to <laughs> lends to itself, doesn't it? And I at least, I, it, be- at least it better. I put out Breakfast Club. My co-host is like, just everybody, Jar Jar Binks. Then, then I need a new co-host. <sighs> but anyway, do you want people to watch that or no? No. Uh, yeah, Ugh, that would just be <laughs> terrible. Very, very terrible. All right. Well, we usually start out with a guest, and I usually ask the question, um, what is your background with wrestling? Like, did you watch it as a kid growing up? Are you a fan now? Blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. So the reason I agreed to do your show not, is not just because you're my friend of me, but because the Attitude Era is where I watched wrestling. This is where I loved wrestling. And Honestly, it was shortly after, you know, not too long after the Attitude Era when the people who were the people I liked to watch in the Attitude Era started kind of trickling off into the background that I stopped watching wrestling as much. But I used to watch it 
you know, especially during the Monday Night Wars between WCW and, and, and WWF slash E, um, you know, I was going back and forth on the channels between USA and and uh, and TNT so that I could watch, you know, everything that was going on, trying to catch everything in the Monday Night Wars. And that to me, that was like the 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 golden era of wrestling, in my opinion. And so the attitude area for me has always been a lot of fun. And that's pretty much where I hang my hat. If there, if there's a hat to hang for wrestling. Yeah. I wholeheartedly agree. That's hope oh, there's Arnold. Let's see how the traffic is. Oh, um, uh, there's apparently an accident on the way back from the airport. He's probably not going to be here tonight. So I'm going to slide you over in the co-host chair. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Big scary time. you've hit the big time now look at me mama i made it you're my co-host this week Yay. <laughs> oh all right um no all to be truthful arnold's um house sitting for his mom for a while he forgot his power cord for his computer at home at his apartment <laughs> that'll do it oh i know he's gonna be pissed because he missed this but you know what life happens all right. Absolutely. So, all right. So, yeah, but back to what I was saying. Yeah, that's pretty much me, uh, Attitude Era. And then about 2001, a little after the invasion, I realized, oh, God, this was botched to hell. Um, that was pretty much yeah. for me. Once I tried, I tried coming back, um, probably in the 2010s, and it was a lot of miss. Like, I, I liked CM Punk that era when he was there i liked punk and then when he left and dx wasn't really doing the dx stuff anymore and you know yep. i'll be honest with you dx is what kind of got me into wrestling and made me want to stick around yep you know that so. was me i had the i had the dx suck it sweatshirt that i was not allowed to wear at school except for once <laughs> right uh yeah i mean this was my theme song in middle school Bow to the masters. Which, funny enough, speaking of that, first time we ever heard that on programming was on this pay-per-view as they promote the next and last, thank God, in your house. Yeah. They played that. I'm yeah. like, hey, it's the first time we've seen they it. Were, they were degenerates. Yep. That was the first time they played. This wasn't even their theme song yet. They just played it for the. Yeah promo for the pay-per-views and thank but god it was a perfect theme song yeah it was it worked out perfectly all right well we'll go back to this one survivor series 1997 montreal quebec canada ah long awaited i can't wait we'll get there and i'll, I'll tell more about that later well we yeah, got sure we got jr and the king on commentary no vince for some reason tonight hmm Hmm. I don't know In why the background I, only. Yeah. I don't know why my picture's flickering when I scratch my beard like hmm sinisterly. You know what I you know what I loved about that uh though, honestly? I forgot how much I loved listening to King to King and Jim Ross going back and forth. Oh yeah. Um you know, I hadn't I hadn't listened to anything from you know with from this era in a while. And to sit down and watch a whole broadcast of it on Peacock was awesome because I was like I was instantly transported back, uh, especially one of the later matches when um, uh, 
because as soon as Sable walks out, and we'll get to that match later, but as soon as Sable walks out and, you know, and King starts talking about it, all I could hear him saying in my mind was, puppies! So anyway. <laughs> oh, yeah. Her. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so, there's, so there's that. Yeah, this is finally, we, I think we talked about it last week on our last our last WWF episode was that last week or the week before. I can't remember. It was Vince's last time on commentary. Oh, thank God, because he was so bad at it. He was awful. Yeah, he was terrible. I mean, I know he owned the companies; he could do whatever he wanted, but he was bad at it. Yeah, it was. Especially when you like two weeks later you get to hear just King and Jr. Oh, it was so great. Or even a few weeks ago, we had um. JR and Cornette. That was gr- that was mm-hmm. great. Anything was better than Vince. I would have took Har- Howard Finkel over <laughs> Finkel Vince and Paul Bear together. Oh, that would have been great. That would have been great. And a train wreck all at the same time. Yes, yeah. a, one of those beautiful, beautiful train wrecks. All right. So we start out this show with a very long Bret Hart Shawn Michaels package detailing yes. their. 18 months of going against each other and how they're ready to finally settle it once and for all in the main event. We'll see how that goes. Um, then we move on to our first match of the night. It is a elimination survivor series tag team match with the headbangers and the new blackjacks versus the not yet named new age outlaws road dog and Billy Gunn. And the Godwins. And as we know, the New Age... I'm going to just call them the Outlaws because that's who they right. are. That's, that's who they are. Yeah. Second favorite tag team of all time. Have been a thorn in the new Blackjacks and Headbangers side for the last couple of weeks. Smashing the right. boombox. Tearing the hats up. Um, and it's a... Uh, we're all... So, yeah. I'd also like to point out that this is Road Dog before he was Road dog uh because later on he gets a second g in his name and this one is just road dog dog yeah he's he has a he's not the do double g yet this is just D-O-G. not yeah he's just the dog he hasn't earned that second g yet um but this match was okay it was pretty good wasn't too bad um lots of yeah. back and forth i mean shenanigans from the outlaws and godwins i was yeah. really really surprised um, just how quick that the first elimination was, and Bradshaw got an ab stretch into a pin on Henry Godwin and took him out quick. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's the biggest dude in this match, really. I mean, he's pretty, he's a little bigger than Wyndham and Bradshaw. Yeah. It kind of surprised me, but I guess that makes sense when you've got the smaller, I don't, I don't know, whatever it was. But it goes back and forth, back and forth, bunch of eliminations. It's the Outlaws versus Thrasher in the end. They get a blind tag. Thrasher tries to pin Road Dog, but Billy Gunn was the legal one. Hits the top rope, boot to the back, Thrasher, well, the ugh, back of Thrasher's head. One, right. two, three, the Outlaws and Godwins win. So no comeuppance for the heels in this one. And this one was all about the let's get Road Dog and Billy Gunn over. 
this that's exactly oh, absolutely yeah yeah this was all the, oh this was all uh, words are fun that's all this was for and words I mean, are overrated i think it worked they were getting um an a response from the crowd i won't repeat what they were chanting at billy gun yeah. and it yeah. absolutely surprises me that it hasn't been scrubbed from the network some of uh i was i was you know some of the stuff that road dog says on the entrance down into the match yeah would positively not be allowed on on network today no a lot of i mean this is the 90s and i'm not gonna oh, yeah. say i'm not gonna say it was right because you know a lot of the stuff's gone from our everyday vernacular and there's a reason and it's good it's gone but they got away with a lot yeah they got away with a lot and the crowd like i said i i kind of wish they would scrub what they were saying off of the tv because it doesn't need to be there but they did and it doesn't matter what they said it matters really how they were saying it they didn't like billy gun they didn't like road dog and i'm not saying they it wasn't like go away heat this was your heels you're bad we don't like you go good guys kind of heat this was good good heat they were getting and it just it's funny that they've just been together a few weeks getting this kind of reaction when in a few couple months they're going to be these anti-hero baby faces mainly who are heels but the crowd loves them and it's how quickly and just yeah they can turn and just shows the how good billy gunn and road dog were as a team oh they were dynamic together I think the, you know, they, they looking into the future from this match forward. I mean, you just see them gel very quickly. You see them come together. You know, they, they learn how to work with one another. Their entrances become more and more solid. You know, their, their banter with other wrestlers becomes more solid. And, and yeah, they become a much more entertaining group as the new age outlaws. Yeah. And once they, once they join up with, dx uh, i think it just becomes great absolutely and but we're seeing the foundation and the building blocks of becoming a pretty cohesive team here but as for the match itself nothing groundbreaking or mind-blowing but it's the opening match of the pay-per-view and this is back when that actually meant something and it wasn't let's just go out and do everything crazy all at once and give you nowhere to build Mm -hmm. to but other than that Solid ever all let's see when uh, I can't do math. Eight, all eight of these guys can go really good in the pretty good in the ring. I mean, there's some spots where it gets held back a little bit, but you know, we yeah, I had I had forgotten how good the headbangers actually were physically. Yes, and the way the how well they move around the the ring and and what they do and and. uh you know, and the same honestly for Bradshaw as well. For a big man, that boy can move. So yeah, this, this is long before he ever gets a push. We've we've been watching him for almost <laughs> two years, and he's just been a nothing really. I mean, mm-hmm. he's in a tag a tag team called the New Blackjacks, so not going to be over. I mean, I like to say anything with the word "new" in front of it that's based off of something that's the original. Never gets right. over. Like, yeah, the New Age Outlaws have the the word "new" in front of it, but they're not n- the New Outlaws. It's not like they right 
they're the new age. Age, yeah. And so it's so signified something different. Before people start saying, "Well, you said that about them, and you got those." Well, they're that's different. It's not like they were the new, um, the new rockers, doomed to fail, which new, were horrible. Oh God, new blackjacks, doomed to fail. New anything, done. Mm-hmm. Dead on DOA, dead on arrival. But this match was good. I was entertained. Nothing really to write home about. But I'm going to give it a solid B. Um, because the way we usually do it is A is great, B is good, C is, man, it's there. D is, oh, God, that was bad, and F is get that off my TV. So Fair enough. Good good show, or good solid open to the show, and I'm going to give this a B. All right, what about you, co-host okay. Tim? I'd give it a B as well. I, I think it's solid. It, like you said, nothing all that exciting, nothing fantastic, but it's getting the job done, and uh, it gets you in and ready to watch the rest of what's going on. My camera's being all kinds of weird tonight. Sorry about yeah, that. It's not like any for sure. Yeah, I don't know. It keeps showing my unfinished storage closet I'm recording in. But anywho, behind the curtain. All right, so we'll move on. Oh, you know what I forgot to do? I forgot to ring the bell to start the show. There we go. So we'll Funny you should on. mention that on tonight's show. Yeah, well. <laughs> foreshadowing, foreshadowing. <laughs> Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, we'll go to the next match, which is another Survivor Series elimination match. We have the Truth Commission with uh, the Interrogator, Jackal, Sniper, and Recon versus Copy and Paste, Biker Dudes, DOA, Skull Crush, Eight Ball, and Chains. Fun fact, this will be the last time we see Chains forever. Uh, There's a couple of people on this show that this is their swan song in WWF, so nice to know you, Chains. Yeah, me too. Chains, bye. See you later. (sighs) But Honestly, most of the guys on the Truth Commission could have been DOA in this one as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, well, there was one person they wanted to push in this, and yeah, he couldn't do much. But did you do you know we have a sound bite of Ric Flair describing Kurt or the interrogator? No, I'm willing to listen. Hey, Rick, what do you think about the interrogator? He's a real big dude. That's right. He's a real big dude. Yeah, he is. That's about all you can say for him. Yeah, that's about all he he can do a sidewalk slam. I've seen frozen molasses move faster. He can do a sidewalk slam four times because that was every elimination in this match. That was his move. That's all he had. Sorry, Sniper got one of them. He that was his yeah, he did that move. That's all he did. He would come in, do the sidewalk slam, pin. Tag give out. A, give a grimacing look to somebody and tag out. Yeah. This um, this was Mongo McMichael a year and a half ago in a tag match. Come in, clothesline, clothesline, scoop slam, tag out. And we saw that for months. It's uh <sighs> this is a pretty god awful match. Mm-hmm. And it was painful. And not to mention that uh 
the jackal i think his name is the, the short little skinny dude with long yep. hair yeah that was his name um other words known today by people as don callus hmm, okay uh i like the description uh that they gave him uh david koresh looking dude uh because <laughs> that was pretty accurate i was like uh, i was like that was the only good thing about the match is they called him david koresh and if Ask you know that. And if you know who David Koresh is, don't forget to take your ibuprofen today. <laughs> your back hurts. <laughs> your back hurts. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Uh, I'm pretty sure but I did use that age group. <laughs> probably. And I did appreciate that they had matching shirts out of their grandmother's closet, the, the Truth Commission. Yep. They all dressed exactly alike. That big, that big loop col- collar. I'm like, that is straight out of... My wife has shirts that look like those. <laughs> I think the, yeah, this match, as you said, was terrible, stupid. You, you have to, if you have somebody on TV that you have to hide, don't put them on TV. If Well, let me put it this way. If you have to hide them this badly where they can do one, maybe two things and they don't even do them well, like a couple of those sidewalk slams were not, straight flat back bumps like they should have been he dropped them on their shoulder uh, but anywho who am i counting yeah. it was uh yeah was, they were trying to hide him in plain sight and it just it didn't work yeah he's seven foot tall not easy to do exactly but the only thing that i liked about this and this would have probably got a d for me if it wasn't because my first thought was why the hell is jackal in this match whatsoever right i guess just to keep the numbers even but he comes out and he has a brilliant spot i will give it i will give this match this he goes to the top rope (laughs) and hits hits a pretty decent knee to i think it was eight ball it was scholar eight ball they even jim ross can't tell them apart or i know that's part of the gimmick but right which was funny they're twins. Can't tell yeah. them apart. Yeah, that's all, that's all that matters. They're twins. Can't tell them apart. So Jackal gets up at the top rope and hits a a knee drop from the top rope. Gets up and celebrates it. And of course, Skull, or we'll call it eight ball, no sells it whatsoever because he weighs 75 pounds soaking wet and proceeds to pin the crap out of him and eliminates him. And then he goes to commentary, and that's where the only good part of the match was, was Jackal on commentary. Because say what you want about the Truth Commission, Don Callis can talk. That was his only... That was that was his biggest muscle was right here. Yeah. his He's pointing to his face. For those of you listening, not watching on YouTube. Oh, yeah. It's totally pointing to my face, right around the mouth area. Yeah, that's that's his muscles. Because... He, had a strong, he had a strong jaw for talking. <laughs> Yeah, and I've always liked Don Callis as a manager, but and I I love the Jackal. I think they could have went somewhere with this if they would have turned him into like Father Mitchell from um oh my mind just went blank uh, Tennessee uh, Smoky Mountain. If they turned him into Father Mitchell, where they just give him a mic and let him go absolutely batshit crazy, that would have went Mwah, beautiful. But no, they tried to keep it. You know, new, they basically neutered it, and it was bad. Yeah, but, they needed to do not whatever they did with him. 
but as for as far as the winter match, blah, 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 uh, curb, the interrogator, sidewalk slam on bald dude. Um, they win. Didn't care. Never did care about this. I don't know where this feud came from. They tried to put it on TV. Like, oh, they, they're, oh, it wasn't, wasn't much. They just fought to fight and there's no reason behind it. Didn't care. Like I said, rough. I already gave away my grade. This would have got a D if it wouldn't have been for Callus on commentary. So this one's going to get a C for me, and it's all just Callus on commentary. Um, I'm going to give it a D because the only thing that did save it was Callus on commentary. I wanted it off my TV. And so <laughs> it, it bumped it from off my TV to, God, this is awful. Uh, yep. That's yeah. I'm just, uh, uh, I can I can see that. Yeah. So let's move on to our next match. All right. So we move on to Team USA, consisting of Vader, Marrow, Gold Dust, and Steve Blackman, the fan, quote unquote yeah. fan, versus fan. yeah, versus Team in quotation marks. Canada, consisting of the British Bulldog from Manchester, England, Jim the Anvil Nightheart from Las Vegas, Nevada, Doug Furness from Oklahoma, and the only Canadian in Team Canada, LaFon. Seriously, the laziest matching matchmaking <laughs> I have ever seen in my life. <laughs> I can imagine this is the. <coughs> it amused me greatly. Be, this has got to be the booking meeting. It's Cornette, Vince McMahon, uh, Pat Patterson, and I don't. We'll just say it's those three booking Survivor Series. I can see Vince. All right, we need USA versus Canada. All right, USA, give me Vader, Marrow, Gold Dust, and hell that new guy we got, Blackman. Throw him in. All right, let's. Who are they go face from Canada? What? Oh, we got Brett. Uh, Brett's in the main event with, oh yeah, uh, Owen. Owen's in there with Austin. Shit. Um, give me, uh, give me Lafon. All right, he's Canadian. Who else you want? Nightheart. He's in. He's in Team K. He's in the Heart Foundation. He's from Vegas. Oh well, Heart Foundation. Oh well, good enough. Um, British Bulldog. He's in Heart Foundation. He's from. He's literally the British Bulldog. They respect Have... the Queen though, so I mean, there's that. Yeah, the hell with it. She's on her. She's on their money. It works good enough. Close enough. Um. Uh, what about Doug Furness? He's from close to Canada, right? From Oklahoma, isn't that near? No, Vince. But, but he tags. He tags with with a Canadian. So, I mean, just go. Just do it. Do it. Nobody cares. That <sighs> he looked right at him and went. Shut up, bitch. You're not wrong. And there they went because this is Team Canada. Oh, I really like we talked about. I was going to say, even King was like, this is the most mismatched group of people. You know, King and and uh, and Ross were even calling it out that, you know, that only there's only one Canadian on this roster. And uh, it is the weirdest selection for the American team that you could possibly have gotten. It's, I don't want yeah. yeah, I don't like they never mentioned that at all with the lead up to this. 
until tonight, which kind of makes me think it was just a rib or something that I don't know. We needed it, to fill some time. Yeah, it was it was stupid. But the match itself was pretty good. It was decent, I thought, yeah. I mean, everybody in here, I mean, Marrow is <clears throat> what you're going to get with Mark Marrow and not his WCW gimmick. Uh, yeah. Blackman is greener than grass and has his karate stuff's all he's doing right now. I can kick and I can flex. But team quote unquote Canada is four solid workers. Bulldog, Nightheart, Lafon can go, and Furnace is just an absolute madman powerhouse. That I know that Vader has to jump for it, but that standing suplex he had, belly to belly overhead, was pretty impressive. Was because Vader, even if he jumps, is not a small man, and you have to move him. No, I think they. I think they said even on the broadcast that he was four hundred and fifty easy, four fifty eight. I think they said he was. I would say he was probably legit closer to three seventy. I mean, you know, they're going to add some. Because oh yeah, I, they're gonna they're gonna buff his number and all. But yeah, even at three seventy, that's a whole lot of man to go through. Oh, over oh, not taken away from Furnace there. Yeah, that's my point. He is a mountain of man, and he tossed him over his head like it was a sack of potatoes. Yeah, pretty impressive. But this match boils down to gold dust. F I don't want to play. Just F you all across his face, which forever unchained. And quite literally F you on his face. Yeah, has it written on there. We got away with that one. But we had to tell you it meant forever unchained. <sighs> oh, of course. Because he's going through this whole breaking up with his wife gimmick and because she went away for 30 days with Brian Pillman God rest his soul they didn't get to finish that whole thing because he unfortunately tragically passed away so now they don't know what to do with gold dust and this whole thing reeks of Vince Russo which means it's crap I and it's stupid which is what we get and he just doesn't want to come in the match he's got a cast but he's been cleared to wrestle but he just and it probably is a way to, you know, he can't, he's not actually cleared. So they have to find a way to write him out. But this was just stupid. Just replace him with somebody. Yeah. That would have been much was, better than this. <sighs> but it was, uh, you know, when they first tried to tag him in, the first time or two was kind of entertaining. And then it just became, okay, I'm, I'm done here. Yeah. Um, Once, maybe twice, it would have been fine. They kept going back to that well for that joke over and, it, and over again, and it just it wore out its welcome real quick. It, that well ran dry really quick. Um, I have to say, too, I thought it was fun. I had forgotten how much fun it was to watch a British Bulldog match. Uh, last one in WWF. Yeah, he was, he was fun to watch. Yep. Then he goes to WCW, and within a year, well, rolling his career on a stupid trap door under the ring oh yeah i remember that <laughs> we'll get there we'll get there and i will oh i'll yell a lot uh this match comes down to vader versus pretty much uh was what lafon and bulldog or bulldog and furnace i can't remember which two it was yeah i think it was furnace yes furnace no uh, yes because he eliminates furnace 
And then the bulldog who grabbed the ring bell hits Vader with it, even though the ref is two feet away and apparently just clearly deaf, can't hear a bell ring against yeah. somebody's noggin. Two feet away. And team, quote unquote, Team Canada wins this one. Of these matches, this one was, I'm not, I will go ahead and admit it. And I said this last year on our Survivor Series review. I am not a fan of these style matches at all. Don't like them. They're predictable 90% Mm -hmm. of the time. They make no sense. They turn your normal tag team matches into obvious somethings that work. Because yeah. every time somebody gets pinned here, the guys on the apron just look at it and go, oh, well, I guess I'm not going to break this one up. But in tag team matches, boom, kick the guy in the back of the head, break the pin up. Not in Survivor Series. Now, if they came out and said you're not allowed to break the pins up, that's an automatic, you're done. I can see that, but they don't. So it, that always just bothered me. Oh, but this one... It was okay. It wasn't great. Uh, we said, like we said, the gold dust not coming in thing went to the well too quick. Uh, Lafon and Furnace, I'm pretty sure this is, if it's not their last match, it is dang near close because if people who have listened to the podcast know this is the last thing that I, that last show that was ever on that I, before I started watching wrestling. The very first show I ever watched was the next night. Tomorrow night's Raw will be the first thing that I ever watched. So I don't ever remember them before, so I don't think they're coming back. Bulldog is gone. Nightheart comes back for a little bit, but he Mm -hmm. doesn't stay long. Um, Of course, we all know why that family disappears a lot for a while but we'll get there we'll get there Mm -hmm. yep oh later on the night we'll get there all right so team canada wins decent went through the joke well a little much but i still gave this a b minus because this is a lot of people that i like i love vader and it makes me mad that a year ago we should have seen vader win the title at survivor series Or SummerSlam. It was last SummerSlam. We should have saw him, but no, Shawn Michaels had to go play politics, and Vader never did get the title. Blah, blah, blah. Still sad. I gave it a a C. I didn't think it was anything great, and I thought it was a little too predictable, and you knew who was going to win going into it just because they're in Montreal, and, you know, so. Yeah. I think the Montreal thing. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, sorry. Hey, a buddy. Wild, a wild Arnold appears. Hi. He, Mom had a spare cord. Sweet. Hey. Awesome. Fantastic. Arnold's back from assignment, folks. Woo. <sighs> um, let's catch you up, Arnold. Do you have your grades? Yes. All right. Headbangers. New Blackjacks, Outlaws, and Godwins. This is the part of the Attitude Era where it's like, okay, uh, we still have these tag teams left over from like 95, and we're not really sure what to do with them. 
Let's just slap new in front of it. <laughs> yep, pretty much. I heard Drew say that just a minute ago. Yeah. And we don't <laughs> and we don't talk about these beforehand. We're just two halves of a whole idiot. <laughs> um I'll be the bottom half because you're pretty. Oh. <laughs> and I'm an ass. Yes, Tim, I know. Okay, as long as <laughs> you can say it. <laughs> <laughs> you were you were itching. I can see. Uh, I so, thought about it. Not gonna lie. All right, what'd you give it, Arnold? As a grade, just a blah. a very high blah. Like it was like a C minus at best. All right, <laughs> all right. I think I went with a B, and I think Tim went with a C. I went with a B. B. Okay, we both said B, but no problem. All right, Truth Commission was, versus DOA. Mostly a road dog grade. I ain't gonna lie. Yeah, that's true. Arnold, this is the part where. Sorry, I'm. <laughs> oh. Um. Are you eating your airline peanuts? I wish it's better than this match. Why was this on TV? It, damn straight. Why did I pay money for this match? I didn't ask for this match. <laughs> uh grade wise though, this one got a D. Like I just wasn't really invested. All right. And I think we talked about it just a second ago that the only good part of this match was Don Callis on commentary. That and yeah. if you know that and if you know who David Koresh is, take your ibuprofen because your back hurts. <laughs> Which begs the question, you're you're younger than I am. Do you know who that is? Yeah, that's the whole thing that went down to Waco, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. There I can't remember go. the name of the cult, but oh yeah, I remember that very vividly. It actually inspired a future uh domestic terrorists but this isn't that kind of podcast oh well yeah well yeah. sure oh take your ibuprofen yep <laughs> your back hurts arnold your back oh hurts. absolutely oh oh since arnold's here i can play his intro All right, since there's Arnold. Oh, I need like the Hey Arnold theme song so I can play every time. You... <laughs> Would that be too on the nose? A little bit. A little bit. All right. And all right. We just finished up literally two seconds before you logged on. Team USA versus Team quote unquote Canada. Yeah. Air quotes Canada. Hey. There's a total of what? Two Canadians on that team? One. One. LaFon. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Nighthearts from Vegas. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't I didn't really get that either because Davy Boy Smith. What's his nickname again? Oh yeah, the British Bulldog. Yeah, that's Canada. Yeah. Nighthearts from Vegas. Was, I think he's a furnace is from what, Oklahoma, right? Yep. I mean, one out of four ain't bad, I guess. Yeah, we went through the um the uh, production me- or the booking meeting with Vince and people a minute ago when they have to tell him he's not Canadian. Ah, the hell with it. Put it out there. They don't know. Close the, enough. The crowd will love it. Just tell them everybody's from Canada. The live crowd will 
not care at all. And they didn't. Just so, have them say A and sorry a lot. It'll be fine. Right. Just, have them come out and just dripping of poutine. Could have just called it Team USA versus Team Not USA. That would have been better. Mm, poutine. Team Poutine. There we go. I want Tim, poutine now. I do too. Tim, you're probably close enough that you can get it like at a restaurant. Uh, not all that often. You have to find the right spot for it. But uh, if you do, I got some up in Traverse City, Michigan, just about a week ago. If we order that around here, people Dear tell us to go God. back to Russia. Oh, <laughs> I make it at home every now and then just because, well, I'm fat and I like food. But <laughs> you're among friends. Yay. Oh, yeah. Remember, I'm a horse's ass. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like poutine, but that, that's just me. All right. What, you, what did you give this match, Arnold? I'll be honest with you. This was a little lackluster. And I think part of it was, again, what I discussed is like, well, not all of these dudes are Canadian. Like, you're trying to make the Heart Foundation thing a thing. Now, obviously, Brett can't be a part of that, but. All in all, compared to the first two, this is fairly entertaining. So I gave it a B plus. All right. And what'd you give it, Tim? I gave it a C. C? I just gave it because a... I Oh, sorry, go ahead. I just thought it was I just thought it was kind of run of the mill. It was there. It was serviceable. Wasn't anything to write home about. Wasn't anything to get upset about. But it was a good time waster. So C. All right. I gave it a B minus. It was okay like i've said i'm not a big fan of these types of matches so it takes a lot for something to blow me away we'll get there later but it was good good people good people in it but they went to the well a little too often with the gold dust thing all right so we'll move on and we next we get a a a cane package showing his introduction and we saw at bad blood and his whole, I'm going to choke slam everybody in existence until I get to my brother. And then we get an absolute, I didn't grade it, but I'm just going to call it an A-plus promo for Mick Foley. I mean, this was mwah, magnifique of how you do a promo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think he's so underrated when it comes to promos. And I can't understate just how good this one was. It was passionate. It was well worded. I mean, because this whole kind promos were always better. Yeah, they were. I mean, Cactus Jack just carnage, carnage, bang, bang, pop the crowd. Dude, love groovy, groovy, twist, do the thing with the knees. Oh yeah, baby, pop the crowd. Mankind is where. We really got to see Mick Foley's inner work come out. And he, it's always been my favorite iteration of his. And oh, this, for sure. Yeah, oh, this absolutely. Was, and this was just everything that made it great. Coming out crazy, unhinged, passion. Just, I would show, I, I would show this to a group of people that didn't know what a promo was. Go, this, mm-hmm. this is what you should do. Or I'm not saying like a class, but this is what it is, and this is why I love wrestling. This makes me have a nice day. Because 
really this next match doesn't have a lot of buildup between these two. It's more Kane versus The Undertaker, and it's kind of Mankind versus Paul Bear, but Kane's his thing, so there we go. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they had some interaction. That was the tie-in, yeah. But this just made me want to see this and wanted to see this a lot. And that brings us to our next match. Of course, it is Kane versus Mankind. And I'm going to say this right off the bat. Everybody was pissed off about a year, year and a half ago with the whole every time the Fiend had a match, we had a red light. Well, guess what, folks? That ain't That wasn't new. They tried it here, and I think this is the only time they ever tried it, and it did not work. Didn't work 25 years ago. Didn't work last year. Oh, my God, it was terrible. <sighs> Couldn't see. It was stupid looking. The same complaints I had with that whole <sighs> fiend crap. Another re- I hate that they painted the hell in a cell red. Why? Why? What's next? Paint cartoon logo flames all over it. Oh, it's hell. Uh! Anywho. Don't don't say it too loud. (laughs) Oh, I know. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure Vince listens to our podcast since he's back in charge now. Oh, he's got to get his ideas somewhere. I mean, he might as well go up from here. That's Mm -hmm. true. Uh, But this one, I loved it. Kane basically doesn't sell for the beginning of the match. Oh, one thing, did I miss this being a no DQ match? Did they announce that at some point? I don't recall if it was or not, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Well, it was because, I mean, they started they using, out. yeah, they were started using chairs and everything they could find. Or who was it? Was it Mankind uses the chair right in front of the ref? And I wrote, Is this no DQ? Because the ref's looking right at it and goes, Okay, let's show well, y'all can go for it or dirty. And they're out of the ring for quite some time. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure this was, and just nobody told us. So, that's a little poo poo on this match. Uh, the red light, I didn't care for. Uh, mankind, <laughs> but in the match, mankind hits the pile driver, then puts the mandible claw on Paul Bear as Kane sits up, which took him forever to do. I think it should have been a little quicker than that. I don't know if he missed a time or what. But well, it he, takes Paul Bear a while to get his jolly rolly self into position to be mandible clawed. So, I mean, you know, it took true. him a little bit. You got to allow the time for the, the roly poly to get roly polyed into position. Very true. Or, true. So, so what it is, mankind is on the ring apron, reaching down, giving ma- the mandible claw to Paul Bear. Kane sits up grabs mankind by his gullet picks him up and from the apron kane still in the ring choke slams mick foley through the spanish announce table my god how did that man live i mean i know this isn't the biggest bump he'll ever take we'll get there (sighs) it ain't off the top of the cage so uh but yeah all the same that dude how he's walking and talking today, I don't know. Because he put his body through some stuff. So. Yeah. Because, I mean, later in the match, he's going to not only is, does he get slammed through the table, but he get he also got slammed. And I know there's padding on the floor. 
And for those who can't see him, I'm using an aggressive set of air quotes. Uh, but you know, he gets he gets slammed on the ground outside think, the ring. I think one of the bump he took out on the floor, I think that was just solid concrete. Well, there was one on the floor and there was one on, on the mat. So oh, yeah, okay. he he hit concrete and then he hit mat. And even the mat, though, I mean, that's not that thick of a mat. No. When when you're getting projectiled out of the ring. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, that's that's gonna hurt. Yeah. Uh, but but and, I thought this match was great because to me this like I told you Attitude Era has always been my favorite, and this had like the this had the vibes of Attitude Era wrestling and everything that I remembered about Attitude Era. I mean, you know, not only because of Jim and and uh, and you know King and and the, them doing the announcing, but this match is a match we'll see again played out a couple more times over the years. Uh, between between these two and man, I just thought it was great. Did anybody else think we might hear this by the end of the match? I'm kind of disappointed yes. that we didn't. I thought we mm-hmm. would. Yeah, I thought that was how after the match I thought we was gonna get maybe a face to face, but I guess they're gonna draw all the way out to maybe WrestleMania. Yeah. I mean we know that right. now, but I thought maybe it was gonna come a little quicker, maybe Maybe the rumble, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. Like Tim said, this was good. This would have been probably the best match of the night. I mean, obviously the main event, notwithstanding if it wouldn't have been for that stupid red light, it made no sense, especially the point when to explain it, Jim Ross is like, Oh, apparently Kane has some kind of power over what did he pay off the lighting dude? <laughs> Is that his power? He just went up and said, "Here's a twenty. Leave the red red on." <sighs> yeah, that's the only part. I mean, I get it. He's supposed to be Undertaker's brother. Taker has you know some supernatural abilities, which I've always been okay with because a he was the only one that really had those, and he played the gimmick up for years. But this one, this one just going to get a B for me. Yeah. It was, it was an A match, but the surroundings bring it down just a little bit. All right, Tim, what do you think? I gave it an A. Um, in my opinion, this is the best match of the night. This, uh, and I know that we we've got to talk about the 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 headlining match coming up yet, but in my opinion, this is. 10 shades better than the headlining match ever thought of being and red light aside. Um, you know, it's, it's pretty darn good. The, they're, they're bumping well off each other. They're playing well off each other. Uh, the promo package leading into it was the perfect setup. The only negative thing about this is that there was a red light and I didn't get to see Taker. I was hoping that at some point I'd get to see Taker, but that's not enough for me to no, neither the red light or the lack of Taker is enough for me to to bump it down to a B. So in my mind, it's an A. That's fair. That's really fair. All right, what about you, Arnold? Um, this gets an A for me. I'm gonna let you know why. This whole thing makes me think of really good storytelling. Of course, you know, bad blood. We see Kane rip part of the cell off. Freaked me out. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> Kane wants to get his hands on Taker. Paul Bear is the mouthpiece. We don't need to hear Kane talk. Perfect. Mankind just so happens to want to get his hands on Uncle Paul. Seemed appropriate. He got his mm-hmm. hands on him. But at the same time, in doing that, yeah, Mankind gives Paul Bearers come up and Kane looks like a certified badass in this match. Yeah. He no sold where he needed to no sell. And who else is going to get drug around like a rag doll in WWF at this time? It's Mick Foley. Sorry, I think Mick when Foley. you say that, he needs like a little song and intro. <laughs> right. And the thing is, when we've seen Kane over the last few weeks, it's just been, oh, these guys have a match. All of a sudden, here's the music. Here comes Kane. He choke slams everybody, then he leaves. So this just goes to show that, okay, Kane can go bell to bell. <laughs> and he did just that. And they did, WWF did their due diligence with this character saying, okay, look, don't mess with this guy. He's coming after you in your sleep. I was scared of Kane. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> they they sold it well. And uh, yeah, like all things aside of what goes down minutes later, this was a really good match, especially for the uh, like in-ring debut of Kane. Yeah. It's amazing what happens when you give Glenn Jacobs a decent gimmick and he's not a fake person or a crazy dentist or unit. Well, Unibomber was actually kind of good, but whatever. Oh, all right. So we all like that one. I'm glad. All right. So then we go to the back and Sergeant Chin says nothing will happen backstage tonight. Ha ha ha. Vince McMahon's chin says other words. Uh, Vince says he doesn't know who is going to win the main event. I call bullshit (laughs) because watching this now and knowing what happens, holy crap, the balls of this dude (laughs) come out on TV and do this. Even the look on his face was, hey, hi, I'm Vince McMahon and I'm a liar. So. Yeah, looking at it now, he was straight up just trolling. <laughs> he was trolling oh, yeah. in 1997, the entire nation that was watching this. He knew exactly did, what was going to happen already. I forgot that Sergeant Slaughter was Commissioner Slaughter. Yeah. And I would like to go back to forgetting that. Me, well, <laughs> I would, except the only part that was good about his reign as commissioner was uh Shawn Michaels and Triple H being just absolute 13-year-old boys when he comes down to the ring with well you got me there the sh- riot shields with the windshield wipers or yeah because of the spit and everything yeah, yeah. but okay yeah. i want to mostly forget that he was commissioner slaughter i wa- will accept those memories <laughs> that's basically <laughs> i mean other than that he was useless yeah but uh, Gorilla Monsoon just wasn't able to do it anymore, and they had to have somebody. Of course, I've always made the point, you do not need an on-screen authority figure. Uh, but whatever. Whatever. Then again, I mean, think about something they've done even since the 80s. And yeah. uh, the President Tunney. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
but he wasn't. I mean, he was on screen long enough to be on the TV and go, here's your match. He wasn't. I don't know. True. (sighs) All right. So let's move on to the next match, which I'm just going to come right out and say it. I freaking loved this match because I liked some people in it. It is, of course, the Nation of Domination, which is consisting of Farouk, Damn. The Rock. Do you smell what The Rock is cooking? D'Lo Brown. Yeah. Shakes head side to side. And Kama Mustafa. Very large dude. Yeah. He's a, oh, you said it. Sorry, you said it. He's a real big dude. Uh, other words, known as the Nation of Domination. Love me some Nation of Domination until they get weird. Versus Ken Shamrock, Crazy Man, <laughs> Ahmed Johnson, and the Road Warriors. Love me some Road Warriors. Uh, in a, another, uh, what is this, our third? Survivor Series elimination style match. Fourth. Fourth. Fourth? Yeah. What am I forgetting? Uh, oh, ha- we started off with he- Headbangers. Truth Commission. Was- That's the one I'm trying to forget. Thanks, Tim. We're all trying to forget that one. Yeah, I was You're trying. Welcome. You had to put it back in my- there. <laughs> Doing my job as a dutiful guest. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Um. So... Did anybody on the planet on your bingo card have Hulk getting eliminated by the rock in 45 seconds? No, no. That right there dropped my jaw. I don't know if this was booked for the match. I don't know how these were booked back then. I don't know if it was just the finish. How you get there is up to you. Or was it like Royal Rumble, everything meticulously planned out? But I like to think this is Hawk saying, son, I like you. We're going to get you over. You're going to pin me in 45 seconds. Right. What? Really? Yeah. Because this made The Rock look like a billion freaking dollars. <sighs> I was surprised that that uh, yeah Hawk went away so fast. I don't know. If, it, I, it could be a million things. It could be an injury. It could have been, you know, just the way it was booked. Like Vince said, you know, he's going to pin you in forty five seconds because you know he was kicked in the back on a Irish whip, so it's not like it was perfectly clean. But I mean, he gets kicked in the back, stumbles, he hits a rock bottom, one, two, three. It's not like it was they whacked him over the head with a chair and he was dead and just pinned him with his foot. It was still pretty, you know. He pending. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Did anybody catch the thing we saw for the very first time on TV in this match? Well, not when you phrase it like that. No. Do you believe Arnold? You can correct me if I'm wrong, but is this not the first time we've seen the people's elbow? I do believe you're right. I think I am. We've seen him, you know, do an elbow, but not side to side kick the leg kick, dr- drop the elbow yeah kick the, yeah, kick the yeah. 
kick the person's arms up to their side. Yeah. And it got a two count on Ken Shamrock, <laughs> which it never really finished anybody, but other than low, low name dudes, but still, I, that was the pop of the mat, prop of the night for me, probably when I first saw that. I'm like, oh my God. Cause, you know, watching this, you know, randomly, you don't know that, but with your me and Arnold watching everything for the last almost two years and going, holy crap, the first time, the first time. Like, uh, Arnold, did you catch it? Me and Tim talked about this to open the show. It was the very first time we heard this. Bow to the masters. Break it down. That is still a banger. I'm sorry. It, it oh, yeah. Is. It is. Do, do, do the kids still call them bangers or is there a new word I shouldn't use? They call them bangers and mash. It's okay. Okay. I'm going to say bangers. No, they, they don't call them bangers and mash. Just, just banger. bangers. Bangers. Yeah, just bangers. Okay. Because my eight year old or seven year old has learned the word yeet and I'm about to yeet her out the door. Oh, I'm yeah, googling, I get uh, They say it's a bop. It's a bop. That's another one, Bob, yeah. Bop, like the Blitzkrieg That's Bob. Cool. Yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, I like that. So yeah, that'd be, just that'd be like that, but only completely different. Okay, show major, show major. All right. Anywho, yeah, we saw the rock bottom for the very first time tonight. Yay! Love me some rock. <sighs> um. Other than that, this was just a lot of big dudes slapping meat with a lot of other big dudes there's a lot of beef running around that ring yep oh yeah yeah he's a real big dude yeah they all were rick <laughs> they all were except for ken shamrock he was he was the littlest guy out there uh, he was I, smaller than d'lo i was gonna bring that up did anybody else think the shamrock looked like just a tiny tiny little thing on this not saying anything against ken shamrock i would run away if i no, saw him at a he restaurant looked, he looked like a chihuahua barking at a great dane though <laughs> he did that's the, the, and that's the craziest part of that match because yeah you have the road warriors like the rock i mean he's like 6 12 uh of course common mustafa who's at least as tall as the empire state building big dude. and then you have and just as uh... <laughs> right <laughs> Then you got Ken Shamrock in there, who, honestly, of all the men in the match, I'm probably the most afraid of. In not real life, probably. Absolutely. He's like, not saying any of those dudes couldn't break my face in half, but Ken Shamrock could do it by just looking at me. I take, well, okay, but Ahmed Johnson. Okay, he can't talk, but the man is a mountain of a man. He's not just tall in stature. I mean, that that that's a very, very big, scary dude. And if he was pissed and coming at you, man, I better be wearing my brown pants. I'm going to go to Coral River Frunge. And it's not like Shamrock's tiny. He's 6'1". Yeah. But in comparison to everybody else in that ring, except for D'Lo Brown, he's... D'Lo's probably about 6'3", but he looks a lot bigger. Uh, he may be tall. He may be about 6'4", but he may be 6'4", 6'5". But yeah, they just dwarf Shamrock. Everybody. Yeah. Because everybody else is built like a brick powerhouse. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. 
But yeah, I agree. I would not mess with Shamrock. Like if I was sitting in a McDonald's and he just car was in the drive through, I'd probably run. You better make sure his sandwich is fresh or somebody's getting arm broken. That's true. Or no, his is a he had the ankle lock. That was his finisher. He put an arm bar on in this one, but switched it real quick to something else. Um, this one, yeah. We've seen these two groups fight for a lot of weeks. This is another one that didn't make a whole lot of sense for the reasons other than we need a Survivor Series tag match. So we'll have these group of guys go at it because Shamrock, Johnson, and the Road Warriors never really made a sense as a group. There's not a whole lot of cohesive factors there. But that being said, as I opened up with, I freaking loved this thing this hit me in all the right spots it was was well fun watch it was well put together Mm -hmm. well executed shamrock being the last survivor or the sole survivor and taps out the rock to win it the rock because he went to crazy face and so nobody can defeat crazy face yeah when he nobody nobody wins against that that's a lose-lose for everybody. But let's, I mean, this, we talked about earlier that the match was to get the, the very first match was to get the New Age Outlaws over. I think this one was to get the Rock a push because they were, the crowd was booing the absolute crap out of him. He was getting a reaction. Rocky sucks. Rocky Di- sucks. Oh, yeah. we, we went back to die, Rocky die a little bit. Mm-hmm. But this was showing He's got some talent. Folks, you can yell die all you want. He's here to stay. This kid has it all. I think the best kid might become something. Yeah, maybe. I mean, Hollywood (laughs) make him knocking. I think the best story I ever heard about the rock was Cornette was saying one time that he went, it was, I can't remember who was training some guys in the power plant or not the power plant, but just a garage they had up there with a ring in it. The name cannot think of it. Um, oh shoot! Not Doc Hendricks. Um, that's the story. Yeah. Anyway, can't think of his name, but The Rock was just training up there, and Cornette walks over to him, and he knows who he is because he knows knows his dad and things. He goes, "How long you been? How long you been working? You know, learning to wrestle and stuff." Uh, I I did a couple couple days with my dad, and I just got here. I'm about a week. Cornette said his jaw hit the floor. He said, I would have put him on TV after that a couple weeks with his dad. And he's like, I would have put him on TV. And if you folks don't know at home, you don't get on TV without like at least a year of knowing what you're doing. Unless you're AEW, right. then you get like five minutes and then you're on TV. <sighs> That's another story. But anywho, this match showed the rocks has it. We've talked about people that like Buff Bagwell, who had everything but it. The Rock had it along with everything else. He was oozing with it. You yeah. St- as soon as he stepped in the ring for the first time, you hated him because we hated the gimmick, but he had it. Even as a smiling baby face, tassel wearing, kid and play hair, awful gimmick, he had it. I forgot about that. Yeah, we're trying. Ooh, yeah. <sighs> but 
this was a match to get him over, and I think it worked like gangbusters. Uh, Shamrock, and I think it's another way to push Shamrock, who probably, eh, if it wouldn't have been for tonight, was probably in line for a title shot or title run before too long, but never did happen. But overall, this was a good just eight big dudes smacking eight other strong dudes. I loved it. This it's very was, solid. This got an A for me. And for a Survivor Series match, that's saying something. All right. All right, Tim, what about you? I gave it a B. I just very solid get out. to me. Just get out. <laughs> <laughs> um honestly, the the only thing I didn't like about it, I don't know why I didn't give it an A. I have a hard time ranking anything with D'Lo Brown as an A. I just don't like the guy. I've never liked D'Lo Brown ever as a character. Uh, yeah, I know. Uh, uh, between him and then um, I had forgotten about the Shamrock Rage face. And uh, this <laughs> brought it back all too well. And for him to, you know, yeah. So anyway, that's why I gave it a B. I do not like the D'Lo Brown. Never have, especially later when he does the little, you know, the head bobble thing. Yeah, just meh. never, never clicked with me. I think, I think Drew's jaw just broke. It might be, or he's frozen. Well, Tim, I hate to say it, man. I, I guess you just didn't recognize. And I mean, sometimes it happens, but you're wrong. But it's okay. Um, sorry, right, Tim. Okay Tim, okay with that. <laughs> uh, oh. What? I don't get it. <laughs> the world's never, strongest accountant? I have never liked Elo Brown. Just the <sighs> He's always been very boring to me, very blah. And maybe I wasn't the right person that he was uh, his character was trying to connect with, but I it was <sighs> just a big he's always been a big pass for me. The world's greatest European champion. <sighs> he was something. Uh-huh. He'll be that. All right, it's okay to be wrong, Tim. Just own it. All right, Arnold, what'd you give I, this one? I will when it happens. <laughs> I always see. Um, I was gonna say at this point, I'm just waiting for you to put a handful of chips in your mouth. That's when I toss it to you. I'm doing it as a game now. <laughs> oh my god, we have Ahmed Johnson on the phone, folks. Oh my god! <laughs> Make sure I say something very like profound. What happens? Um, nah. Um, this got a name for me too. Um, and I think part of that was because of the other Survivor Series matches being not good. And this one was like, wow, this is refreshing. Like there was a couple times where it got a little hokey, but. All in all, it was definitely my favorite of all of these because the rest of these were just kind of blase. Yeah. Freddie Blase. Yeah. I mean Blasey. I did I did like the one thing I, I think I liked the most about this match, honestly, was the realization halfway through that uh Mustafa later becomes Godfather, <laughs> and it just—it just, it just seemed, 
um, he was standing up beside the ring and he's standing there, you know, all the tattoos and everything across his chest. And I'm like, there was another guy who looked just, oh my God, he's the Godfather. And it was just like that. It's like, or how Sable introduces herself to a bar. Bingo. Worthless, talentless bitch. But anywho. <laughs> oh, I can't stand that her. I was picking up on that. Holy cow. All right. Oh, talentless. I'll quote Tony Stark. The only special thing about her come out of a bottle. <laughs> Silicone bitch anywho <laughs> oh by the way for you folks she needs to be in the hall of fame not this year suck it goes to stacy keebler she at least that's care. that's what's like everybody's rumored so i'm pretty sure it's true as of time of recording which let's since we're here arnold no tag team this year really yeah, they've announced no tag team going in. Why in the ever-loving will they not put the Midnight in the Hall of Fame? Your guess is as good as mine on that one. That makes no sense to me. Are they going to wait till they're all dead before they do it? Because we've lost two out of three. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Anywho, yeah. Congratulations to Ray Mysterio and Andy freaking Kaufman. I was just about to say that. I was like, I'm pretty sure I saw that Andy Kaufman's going to the Hall of Fame. In the celebrity wing, which is about as worthless as, how did my dad always put it, was worthless as tits on a boar hog. Yeah, I've heard that <laughs> one before. You have or haven't? I have, yeah. Yeah, it was one of my dad's favorite sayings. <laughs> huh. Speaking of worthless as tits on a boar hog, let's move on to the next. <laughs> Never mind, that didn't work out well because it is Stone Cold Steve Austin making his in-ring return from a broken freaking neck versus Owen Hart for the Intercontinental title. Huh. And this one... I'm not going to lie. I haven't even graded this yet because I don't know how to grade this. As a match, it's that. It is yawn, boring, Austin. But but then I'll look at it and I'll know why. But My notes actually say short and meh. Yeah. I was pretty excited. I mean, Team Not Canada was back. That's true. <laughs> Team Poutine was back. <laughs> Team Not Canada, and we've doubled our Canadians. Two! We have two! <laughs> two actual Canadians. Yeah. So I have a theory about this match, though, and I want to run it past you two and see what you guys think. Yep, sure thing. Sure. All right, so... um, Unless you want to do a, re- a review of the match first, and then... Oh. And then I... oh, you already brought it up. Our listeners All don't right. have that kind of attention span. All right, cool. So, yeah, Stone Cold wins the Intercontinental belt uh, by defeating Owen Hart. My feeling is is that this is not the – that 
what's about to come up, the Montreal screw job is not the only part of the Montreal screw job. I think Vince went after the whole family and took both belts away from both of them because he knew what was happening with Brett. And so he was punishing the whole family. Uh, I could see where it would come across as that, but if you look back what happened, this was just get it. I say, okay, so let's back up, back up to SummerSlam, Austin versus Owen Hart for the IC title. Owen comes in the champion, drops Austin legitimately on his neck, paralyzing for a couple seconds, but Austin still has the wherewithal and ability somehow to roll up in the weakest roll up in history, Owen Hart, and he wins the IC title at SummerSlam. But then is immediately they figured out he has the broken neck, has to drop the title. Owen wins a tournament for the IC title, gets the title back. When Austin comes back, he does nothing but basically promos or a stunner now and then to like Vince, JR, right. Lawler, and wants his IC title back. And every time Owen puts the title on the line, Austin shows up to make sure that it's either a DQ or he he hit um uh what's it Farouk in the head with the belt to make sure he loses. And Farouk looked at him and went, damn. <sighs> so Austin just kept screwing everybody out of the title to keep it for Owen Hart. So Austin wanted him to get it. Okay. And this was long before they realized, you know, we've got to yeah. screw, we've got to screw Brett. So I think this was a long-term plan to how to get Austin the belt back. Okay, so you're saying it's more legitimate then? Yeah, this was a legitimate story. So because I didn't, I I knew that I knew that Owen had broken Stone Cold's neck at one point, and I knew that you know that there was a little bit of a feud between them for a while. I didn't realize that this was on the same timeline. So again, because the last bit of wrestling that I watched in the last three years uh, was SummerSlam this morning, uh, or Survivor Series rather this morning uh, for 1997. So uh, I had forgotten most about that, but uh, yeah. So as I'm watching this, I was like, I went back later and wrote, you know, was Owen screwed too? So no, no. this was a long-term story and just okay. Austin was supposed to probably keep the belt for this long, but you know, the injury and it kind of worked out you know, and getting done. it back here. Yeah. But, but as far as the match itself, yeah, it's blah. Austin's not taking bumps. He is still has a broken neck and I don't think he's fully cleared for this match so yeah i don't think he took one did he no it was it was so short it was just so mm. boring and just there was not much physicality in the in the match at all it was basically and that's honestly why i thought it was part of a screw job was because they're just like you know hey, we're just going to get this done over with hand of the belt walk away so yeah this match i can t- i mean i wrote down pretty much the entire match nightheart tries to jump Stone Cold from behind gets a stunner. Ding, ding, ding. The bell rings. The crowd chants break his neck. Owen goes for the pile driver. Austin counters. Owen tries to get DQ'd. Doesn't. Stone Cold stunner. One, two, three. Yeah. Uh, Owen was trying to get DQ'd by choking Austin with the um, uh, cables. Yeah, yeah, around the ring. Yeah. Around the ring. And somewhere. Daniel Brown's going, oh, come on. I got fired for that crap. <laughs> but anywho, doesn't get DQ'd. Austin wins the belt. Uh, 
Furnace and Lafon each get stunnered. See you. Nice knowing you. Stone Cold's new IC champion. And then I do believe we get to see something else for the first time in WWF. I do believe it was the wiry lightning type WWF logo. It says attitude. Oh, yeah, yeah. On the promo underneath, because up until that, we've always yep. still seen the block. So we are, and we talked about when we first started where we thought the attitude error really started. We've, we've kicked open that door, walked past it. And we're going into other rooms and taking a dump on the floor at this point. <sighs> so I don't know if we have any other indicators of, yeah, yeah, we've seen them all at this point, especially after tonight. Cause a lot of people say it doesn't start till after tonight, but uh, no, it started a long time. I mean, you know, I can see cases for people saying it didn't start till. Uh, I think it was cemented with this series, with the Survivor Series. I think there was probably lead up going to that, but I could. I think you make the jump from the to the Attitude Era from this and have it cemented as the way that's the direction they're going, because we, they're moving away from nice guy Brett Brett Hart, you know, which is the next match. We know what happens, but you know, you know what happens, but. They're going more towards the attitude style uh, players. That's very true. Very, very true. Well, speaking of the next match, let's just go ahead and move on to it. Well, before we do that, maybe we should rate this match. That's a very good idea. Like I said, I didn't write down. This is like one of the first times I haven't written down a rating as soon as I watched it because I just don't know what to give this one. As oh, for, I do. As for long-term storytelling, I love it. The match itself, I would have rather just walked in. Owen tries for the pile driver, no stunner, leave. That I think would have been better instead of the whole trying to get DQ'd. I think when I actually think this match went a little long for what I would have rather seen. And knowing that Austin can't take a bump, I think does it. Then just delay. I know they wanted to put this match on a big, big screen or a big stage. So it was either here or wait to the rumble. So I kind of get why they did this, but I don't. I'm just going to go B plus. I can't give it an A because it was what it was, but I like what they did. So I'm just going to go B plus. And I know Tim hated it. So I'm going to save him for last this time. We'll go with Arnold. All right. The payoff, I don't know if it was really worth it right now. Because, I mean, everything we've seen leading up to this, you know, Austin wants Owen to keep the belt, obviously, because he wants to be the one to take it from him. I get that much. But it's like going through all of that work for a match that lasts longer or lasts less than five minutes, just – I mean, the payoff didn't really seem to reap the reward that I was expecting, realistically. I mean, it's like, you know, your wife slaves in the kitchen all day, baking you, like, the perfect chocolate cake for your birthday. She gives you a big old hunkin' slice, and you're like, oh, my God, I can't wait. This is going to be awesome, and it tastes like angel food. Ooh, I like angel food. But, hey, the angel food, the angel food cake has the Intercontinental Championship now. So, there you go. Ooh. Drink some beer and 
Whip off the boss. That's true. All right, what did you give? Well, it? not yet. But did you give it angel food? No. What did I give it? Angel food. <laughs> I hate angel food. It just tastes weird to me. Um, <clears throat> I'm more of a devil's food cake guy, like Kane. Why? But, um, <laughs> why? Because it's black. I mean, it's chocolate. <laughs> I don't know about black, but brown, whatever. <laughs> so somebody hands me a black cake that <laughs> it's probably way overcooked. Um, I probably cooked. All in all, just give me like I, I went with a C plus. Like the plus, like I said, comes from okay. Like we got a payoff, but at the same time, this payoff itself was just kind of it was just it was lacking something. I can't quite put my hands on what or my fingers on what, but it it lacked something. I think they booked themselves into a corner because this couldn't go on much longer because then it would start to get boring. So they had to, if you're going to do the payoff, you've got to do it now. And they had to have Austin win. He's hotter than fire right now. Um, And I think the only, the only botch in the match was really his glass, not breaking on his entrance half of it, at least. <laughs> oh, which was kind of funny because we've all seen that video where he just walks up to it and only have a break and just scoots around it. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so that was this match, folks, if you're listening at home. All right, Tim, let's tell us your grade. I gave it a D. Oh. I know that there's supposed to be a big payoff, and I know that it, it's what's going to help push Austin uh, closer to where he was eventually going to get, and I was excited because I used to love Stone Cold Steve Austin. He was one of my favorites. When you hear the glass break and the music start, that was always meant you were about to have a lot of fun. And there was there was no joy in Mudville. Uh, this was a very boring pedestrian match. And I understand that he was injured. But goodness sakes, there had to be another way to get this done. It was just, I was just bored watching this. I was actually thankful when the match was over because it was that bad. So, yeah. And the only thing that kept it from being a uh, an F and get this off my TV was Stone Cold. So, there you go. Wow. Okay. I mean, that's cool. Right. Oh, you, can, mm-hmm. you can be wrong twice in one show, says the guy that doesn't <laughs> like D'Lo Brown, but whatever. I mean, Now, it would have got gotten a strong C had he put a stunner on D'Lo for whatever reason had D'Lo come back up to the <laughs> ring. That might even got a beat. <laughs> Man, we we could have jumped ratings like like seriously right then and there. Oh, okay, all right, folks. You know what? It's that time. That's where Tim gets booted from the show. No, not no, 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 not that. Not that. Not that. No, no, no. All right. It's been how long, Arnold? Almost two years. You're yep. 18 months, 19 months, 20, whatever. I've lost track at this point. They all blur together. It's time to talk about Sean versus Brett for the WWF title in Montreal. I wonder who's going to win. I do want to say. Ooh. 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 Yes, Tim? I, I, nothing. Oh. I know. <laughs> I do want to say that. We interviewed Sean before the match, and I have a little snippet of the interview here, so I'd like to play that. I will give you a show like you have never, ever seen before. Why? Because I can. That's right. 
He's going to give us something we've never seen before, at least on TV. It's not the first time it's ever happened. And let's just go ahead and talk about it. It's not really a screw job. It's a double cross, but whatever. It's just always been called the Montreal screw job, but whatever. I didn't even I didn't even take notes on this match, honestly. I just watched it in awe of what happened. And yeah. I think I think at this point we all know what happens. And before let's just talk about up until the finish, this match. If we all graded that, can I just assume we're all going A A plus? Oh yeah. On the lead up to the finish? Yes. Just the match itself. Yeah. Oh, easily. This mm-hmm. was one uh next to the Mankind and Kane match. This is the strongest match of the night, in my opinion. Uh, especially because I think that the they had still lost the ring bell from when Brutus, uh, the beefcake barber, uh, British Bulldog, uh, hit the guy in the back of the head and kicked it out of the ring. I still think they couldn't find it because this the start of this match went on forever before they actually <laughs> rang the bell. I mean, like, I'm watching this going, and even the, the announcers, even King and and Law, uh, and uh, Ross are going like. I think they're going to ring the bell. They're going to start this thing. And, and it was like, you know, it's a Donnie Brook. And, you know, and yeah. So it was fun for that aspect. You know, they were, they were smacking each other around real well. They were giving each other some good bumps and, and uh, it was, it was a lot of fun to watch, you know, especially because they're two similarly sized and, and uh, physically uh, able guys, you know, and they can do a lot of the same stuff. And so it made a lot of fun to watch in my opinion. Yeah, these two, as unprofessional as both of them, and let's just go ahead and put it, both of them were leading up into this, especially behind the scenes. They were professional in the ring. Oh, 100%. As two people that had chemistry in the ring, I don't know if there's two better. Maybe Austin and Rock, maybe. But I don't even think they, I still think, well, I still think Austin and Taker had more than, Austin Rock, a Rock Foley maybe. Uh, oh, Triple H and The Rock, I think had amazing chemistry in the ring. Yeah, but I don't think any of them could hold a candle to Brett versus Brett and Sean. That sixty-minute no. Iron Man match is by far one of the best matches I've ever seen in my life. Uh, and if anybody remembers. About a year or so ago on the podcast, we watched my favorite match of all time. It was Austin versus Brett, not Brett versus Sean, but I don't know why I brought that up. Just other than the point out that this is my favorite match. This one, good. this one, even before the finish, maybe number, it'd be in the top five. This was brilliant. And up until the week finish, yeah, it's a fantastic match. Well, I mean, it's a week. It, I mean, it's it's not really even it's, a. It's a week finish. Well, it's not even really a finish, honestly. It's I as mean, close to a finish as you're going to get with what they were doing. Let's put it that way. That's true. That is very. You know? That's very true, and I don't want to get mean, it. Even the ref didn't want to stick around. He was like, "Peace, I got to get out of here." Oh, you know? there was a lot of people packing their bags, getting the hell out of there after that happened. Oh yeah, yeah. But we we're not gonna get in too much into the whole after effects because next week, folks, we're having a 
I think I announced this last week, maybe. I don't know if, if I said this on the air or not. We're having a big, giant roundtable discussion on just the Montreal screw job with some of our returning guests. Um, that's uh, Million Dollar Geeks coming back. Big Nick. Uh, Jason from Designated Quizzers will be back. Uh, Flex coming back. Arnold will be there. Fresh off assignment. Uh, I think he's going to interview Vince, maybe. We'll see if he can get a, get a word out of him. Um, I'm missing somebody I know, but see if hey, see, ask Vince if he's figured out who won yet, because he didn't know earlier in the night. <laughs> he didn't know who's going to win. So, oh uh, yeah, there's uh, so much to unpack, and we'll get into that all all next week. But as far as I mean, yeah, it's I want to I want if I can, can I say one more thing about the match itself? Oh, you can say whatever you want. All right. I loved the fact that the the technical aspect of of the moves that they were putting on each other, they weren't sloppy. They weren't, you know, just thrown together. Like, you know, there was the figure four, then there was the reverse figure four, and the way that those two things went, you know, the way that they did those and the way that they were set up, they were positioned properly. And it was a very fun technical match to watch. You know, this was like the perfect, like you talked earlier about, um, Mick Foley doing like the perfect promo and that you want people to watch that and that this is how this is done to me up until the, that really, really piss poor sharpshooter at the end. This is, <laughs> this is a technically sound Matt. You mean the sharpshooter Brett had to put himself in cause Sean didn't know how to do it. <laughs> like I said, a really piss poor sharpshooter. Uh, but honestly, it was a very technically sound match and, and very well put together. And just this was, and if somebody's not a wrestling fan, up until the point where they they sell everything out and, and screw, it's the match where you want to sit people down and go, all right, this is why this is why wrestling was fun during the Attitude Era. There you go. One hundred percent agree. Now let me ask you this hypothetical question. Yeah. Let's say the match happens word for word move for move as it happens we come to the finish and brett throws on a decent a good sharpshooter flips him over and brett taps out sean wins that way brett raises his hand walks off into the sunset and takes his money and goes to wcw is that a is that a good finish for you yes so it's basically just the whole screw job makes it weak and Sean's attempt at putting it on. It's the, yeah, it's the sellout from everybody involved. I know you guys will get into this more next week, but it's the, it's the, it's the, it's the lack of respect to an icon. It's the lack of respect for the, the professionalism that's being showed in the ring between two people and asking one person to do that to another person, uh, even no matter how they felt about each other in a professional setting. And it's just, yeah. I mean, if you want to, if you don't want him to take the belt, you you own the company. You don't let him take the belt. You you set up the match, and you tell him either that or or there's another way that you can write him out of the belt. Oh, know? there was there was so many ways. I mean, we'll get in a lot of these next week that they yeah, could have could have got the just, belt off of Brett, and they just didn't do they it. They did. They dro- they dropped the ball. They they the Montreal screw job is more than just them screwing Brett. They screwed themselves really Yep. because it was a, it was a poor launching point for Shawn Michaels to become the champion. I have no problem with Shawn Michaels being the champion. I had a problem with the way he got it. 
My, and I don't want to, I just want to bring this up a little bit. We'll get more into this again. I know I want to quit saying getting into this next week, but everybody puts the blame like solely on Sean. Oh, it's not. It's not. Well, this is a lot on Brett too. This whole, I'm taking myself way too seriously. I'm not losing in Canada. Seriously. It's professional wrestling. You can lose in your home country. Yeah, my guys are losing their hometown. Yeah, that's part of it. I mean, how many times has Lauda been kicked out of Memphis? <laughs> a lot of times, it's whatever gets the audience to pop, and if that's what they're mm-hmm. going to do, that's what's going to happen. So, okay, now here's a question. But Let's he wasn't say set for being a team player at that point anyway. So, I mean, there was already too much bad blood between him and Vince. So, yeah. Well, I mean, there really is not bad blood yet. I mean, there's a. There was a really cool documentary that you guys should probably watch before next week. I watched it a little while ago about this from Brett's perspective. And he talks about there being blood, bad blood between him and Vince. And then he went into this whole thing very distrustful. Well, I mean, okay. I want to say not to the level of bad blood there was after this. I mean, they're, oh, yeah. they're not like on solid ground, but I mean, Vince, Vince told him, you know, to go take the money in WCW. He didn't have to tell him that. I mean, he couldn't pay him, right. but yeah, he wasn't going to pay him, but yeah, but I don't know. There's There'll a... be more about that next week. Yeah. Hey, well, look at hey, that. I haven't got a word in yet. All right. But we'll save it for next week because I have my own theory. Oh, ooh, theories. Ooh. I like theories. We'll definitely. Theories. Well, I'll theories tell you what. I'll give you just a little bit of a preview. Just. Tim, if you join us, Drew, folks listening, and fellow guests, because I actually jotted jotted these down. Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, Austin, and Vince. Are robots. Just remember those names. Oh. Oh. Yeah, I will, like, on that, I will give my little bit of my theory of what I think. Okay. Shut your damn mouth. I'll be honest. I'm one of those people. I'm kind of on that plane where I'm like, I can see where this would be something where it just came out of the blue, but part of me thinks it's a work. Just considering what was going on at the time with the folks involved, whether directly or indirectly. And Drew, if you think about it, go back and watch the episodes we've watched since late 96. I'm just kind of Put little pieces together using those characters. With the exception of Vince, who was flapping his yap on commentary for the most part. But the meteoric rise of Stone Cold Steve Austin, the fact that Sean's going up against guys like Vader, Sid, and uh, who's another? I can't remember who else he defended against. Shamrock. Was it Shamrock? He did a couple weeks ago. The Patriot. No, that was Brett. Yes, yeah, so that was Brett. Um, uh, Bulldog for the WWF strap. Yeah, there we go. So, like, yeah, sorry. I'm already starting to dig and we'll get there. That yet. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. So, let me go ahead and hit this. So, that'll put an end to our review for this portion of it to be continued next week, apparently. 
All right, so this let's go ahead and we'll grade this entire show as far as we've went. And I look at my grades. Mine averages out to a a B minus. And I'm kind of okay with that because this isn't the greatest. And this is the, you know, everything afterwards notwithstanding, just the in-ring and what we liked about it so far. B minus, and I'm, I think I'm going to stick with that. I usually sometimes change it, sometimes I don't. I'm actually going to stick with it this time. I'm going to say B minus. All right, what about you, Arnold? I went with a C plus, and here's why. I wasn't trying to look at this through the lens of, ooh, I know what comes after this, you know, sort of thing. I'm looking at it as it's 1997. I just ordered this pay-per-view, ordered some pizza, drinking a beer with a few of my buddies. I have no clue what's going to happen on Monday. And if you look at it from that perspective, the show was kind of mid overall. Like, it was definitely... Like the main event definitely carried this pay per view just in name alone. But at the same time, if you look at the significance of what it means going forward, you're like, you can see why Survivor Series 97 is important. If that makes sense. Makes sense to me. Does to me. Yep, yep, yep. All right, Tim. Uh, I'm going to give it a C plus as well, just because. Um, I have as many A's as I do D's in my scorecard. So, um, so two A's, two D's, uh, two B's and a C. It's like, a, it's like the, the report card that I'm almost proud to show my parents. So, uh, two A's and two D's. What is my ex-girlfriend? Wow. <laughs> so, <sighs> yeah. so yeah, it's, um, and, and looking at it the way that Arnold was talking about, if I had, if I had in 1997 spent 50 bucks on a pay-per-view for this and, you know, another 30 bucks on pizza and another 30 bucks on beer, um, I'd have been pretty disappointed. The only thing I would have got out of this maybe is a hangover. So I'd have been um, in jail in 1997 if I'm trying to buy beer. So, I mean, I would have been six feet under trying that <laughs> <laughs> for several reasons. One, who told you you could order this pay-per-view? How did you order pizza? And where did you get beer? <laughs> <laughs> Learn it from watching you, all right? Nice. Yay, John. All right. All right. Okay, I think that's going to probably be enough of that. <laughs> okay. Ooh. All right, Tim. Well, at this point of the show, let's. I'm going to hand the mic over to you. Well, Ooh, the, that's the, dangerous. The proverbial mic, since you're miles and miles away and have one already. And I'm going to let you tell our listeners where they can find and listen to you and what all your show's about. Hello, glorious listeners. Uh, I am Tim. I'm the host of the FSF podcast. We are, uh, uh, the theme to our show is all nerdy, no dirty. We are a, uh, pop culture and sci-fi show. We talk to people in the sci-fi world. Uh, for instance, this upcoming week, our interview is with Todd Stashwick, also known as Captain Liam Shaw from Star Trek Picard. That episode will be coming out this Friday. 
So that's what our show is about. We interview people in the sci-fi and pop culture world. We have fun with them. And uh, we like to talk nerdy with them, see if we can get them to share some laughs with us. Uh, you can find us best place is our website, www.fsfpopcast.com. All right. We're all your favorite podcasts are sold. That's right. All right, Arnold. And just in case somebody happens to be listening to us, since Tim's here, tell them where they can find and interact with us. I absolutely can. You can find us on the Twitter sphere or the Instagram space at AEWR pod. Um, if uh, you're not really a fan of, you know, the, the new Trek, as it were, and you prefer the old 23rd century tech, you can visit us at Gmail, AEWR316 at gmail.com forward slash. Uh, I got nothing there. It's just the Gmail. And uh, what's that one website where they put the videos? It's like a tube, but you're on it. Oh, the tube, the tube of you. Only fans. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, it. we're definitely not on there. <laughs> you want to see pictures of Drew's feet? No. Um, <laughs> I'll do it. Uh, <laughs> hey. If it keeps the lights on, I'll do it. I get more draws than Sable. Um, but, uh, damn. <clears throat> You can find us on YouTube, Attitude Era Wrestling Review. Uh, Drew posts shorts there, little snippets from the podcast. Uh, I need to remember how to work TikTok. You can find us there as well. I believe that is also AEWR Pod. And uh, Patreon, folks. We are on Patreon at uh, patreon.com forward slash Attitude Era Wrestling Review. And uh, we have the. Uh, I think I have it written down here. The uh, total package, which uh, includes dinner with Drew. Oh, no, no. It sure as hell doesn't. <laughs> it sure as hell doesn't. Well, I'm not subbing now. Oh, wow. <laughs> Unfollowed. <laughs> Unsubscribe. <laughs> I was envisioning candlelights. I mean, hey, if somebody wants to drive all the way to my house, I will make you dinner. Slow jam version of Disco Inferno's instruments. <laughs> Damn. Oh, by the way. Oh, I, I thank you for mentioning that, Arnold. Hope you choke on a pretzel, Glenn. Bye. Can't, <laughs> can't, you can kick me off Twitter, but you can't kick me off my own show. Ha ah, Choke on a pretzel, asshat. Nice. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I think we want to go ahead and hit the music. And I think that's going to probably be about it for us this week. Tune in next week to our deep dive on the Montreal Brett screwed Brett screw job. Ah, this has been fun. I've been looking forward to this. So glad. Thanks for Tim for coming. It's been a lot of fun. Thanks so, for putting up with me. Oh, and you're welcome back anytime. All right. So for Tim from the FSF Popcast, I've been practicing. <laughs> yes. FSF Popcast. Did it twice. Falafel. Any and for my co-host, the oh, I forgot to say it, I didn't say it earlier. The man with the velvet vocal cords, Arnold. I am Drew, your three-time armchair booker of the year. And we are on our backs looking up at the lights. Tim. Count us out. Three, two, one. You're the ref. Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs>
Well, he didn't explain that. So it's one, two, three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we always catch people off guard with the first time with that. All right. Peace. Peace. Bye. Good enough. Ah. Ah. Ah.